Welcome back to the White Gray Black Weekly Manga Podcast. My name is Bruce, the producer of the White Gray Black YouTube channel. With me again this week is the Mario to buy Luigi Gautam. Wahoo! <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. Uh, and not too good. This is a book club, but it isn't for books. It's for manga. And what are we reading? Everything that's currently being published. Uh, this week, it is the return of Sui Ishida of Tokyo Ghoul fame's Chojin X, uh, which had a short break. That's on chapter 36. Destroy All Humans, They Can't Be Regenerated, Chapter 43, and a brand new series from the duo who brought you Shokugeki no Soma, also called Food Wars. It's Chapter 1 of Tenmaku Cinema. So let's get started with a short stint into the uh, mostly empty news this week. Uh, okay. First little news thing we have is uh, Hiromu Arakawa, that is the author of Full Metal Alchemist, the, I believe that is still the highest rated anime on Mal. Um... A wonderful story. Sorry, uh, Arakawa from Daemons of the Shadow Realm fame? Please stop. Yes, it, that is the news. The news is Daemons of the Shadow Realm, uh, Japanese title Yomi no Sugai, goes for sale in English on April 25th. Technically, I think it goes for sale this week, but on the 25th is when Amazon has it available. That's where most people will buy it, so happy to see that. Honestly, uh, yeah, please support it. it uh, Arakawa slaps, and she... She deserves the money she gets. Honestly, yeah. Just, just why don't you like give her your inheritance, dude? Keep her in work. I, I, I want to see her constantly making manga for the rest of her life. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure she has more money than I do, but yeah, I mean, I'm not. So a lot of people in the manga space. I noticed this like shortly after I kind of joined Twitter and got into the manga stuff with the White Gray Black channel. Um. A lot of people are really into the collection side of things, um, and I'm not one of those people. I am the opposite of those people. I own one manga, and I have one. I have one volume of a single manga physical copy. I own volume one of Dan to Dan. That is the only uh, manga volume I own. Everything else I read digitally because that is good with me. Uh, likewise, I. But you know, I I understand the need to collect things. I have a lot of volumes of Yotsuba, mm -hmm. and I treasure those, but I also don't want to buy more because I don't want to put more stuff on, in my house. I don't want to yeah. put more stuff in my bookshelf. I'm the same way. I am a minimalist by design and collector standards. I don't, I don't collect anything. I haven't collected anything for years. I think collecting is just not in my blood, uh, not in my mind at all. So, yeah, but I, I really legitimately might buy... Uh, might collect demons of the Shadow Realm, Yomi no Sugai. Um, still, Matt, the reason we clown on that title is the Japanese title, Yomi no Sugai, has this subtext about twins, which is a like huge part of the story. The fact that the two main characters are sort of night and day twins, all of the monster powers in this are a pair of two things. So, yeah, there's like a pun about twins there that just doesn't exist at all in the English, and it just sounds like, oh, demons of the Shadow Realm. Okay. Uh, it's just totally missing. I think it's one of the worst, one of the worst translations, especially, especially coming off the back of Full Metal Alchemist, which is actually much cooler than just Steel Alchemist, which is the like raw translation of, God, whatever it is, something Ren Renkinjutsu is the Japanese name of Full Metal Alchemist, so... It, it, Full Metal Alchemist is such a sick name too. And yeah, it's I, so I'm, cool. It's I, an improvement. I'm convinced that they just took it from Full Metal Jacket, but that's awesome. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, even uh, if they did, it's very cool. So, Demons, Demons of, Shadow of Shadow Realm, Shadow Realm, not very cool. 
it, it, it sounds like a Yu-Gi-Oh card that could be played in like Pegasus's tournament, you know? It's, uh, it's a trap it, card it, in Yu-Gi-Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man, uh, that is just a bad mouthfeel for that name. Yep. Uh, speaking of bad mouthfeels, uh, Kanojo Mo <laughs> Kanojos, which is Girlfriend Girlfriend, I think is the English title, uh, that ends in four chapters. So that's just like a guide that dates two girls at the same time. I don't, I haven't not been involved in this series at all. I actually think I might like it if I read it, but have not read it. Have you any experience with Kanojo Mo Kanojo? No, it's not my type of thing. Um, I feel like I get annoyed. There, the thing that I do funnily keep track of is the author of this series. And then, uh, Reiji Miyajima who writes, um, Kanojo Okarimas, the Rent-A-Girlfriend, um, mm-hmm. they have this thing where they, there's author notes, right? A lot of times they come out with manga. Every time the manga's published each week, essentially. Um, these two guys give updates for each other, these two authors, and it's it can be kind of funny sometimes. So Reiji will say like, uh, oh, this guy, this guy ate Chinese food this week. And the other guy will be like, Reiji cut his hair. So I'll miss that, but... Yeah, that's about it. I again don't know I, too I, much about this series, so I'm confused as to the status of all of Reiji's relationships and like, what's up? Like, is this wife okay, man? Why is he dating this other mangaka? I no, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just I think it's just a funny little thing they do, but I think it's it, uh, that will be it, so. It that's is, yeah, ending it, in four chapters about cute. a month. I'll be real. It's cute. It is a cute, funny thing they do, but yeah. it's it it it's only weird because Reiji draws over his wife so often. <laughs> okay. To be fair, that only happened like two, two or three times in the span of a month. So, and you would say that's not too often. That is that is too often, but it is not. I don't know if you need a reference for the female form. Sure, why not? No, um, that's <laughs> okay. Uh. Next up is the majority of our news. So we got nominees for the 47th Kodansha Manga Awards. So we talked, um, man, I don't remember the name of them now. There's a a more well-respected manga awards that just got awarded two or three weeks ago that we talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. The Kodansha Manga Awards are just from kind of a results-based analysis of, oh, did they pick something that went on to be super popular or very high quality? Uh, they're a little hit or miss. Um, like so, historically, right? These are some of the things they generally have. Uh, three categories: shonen, shojo in general. Um, like Hajime no Ippo won for shonen in 1991. Um, the next time you start really getting things you might be familiar with is like 1998, Great Teacher Onizuka. Uh, after that, 2001. There's lots of stuff. Love Hina. Uh, Fruits Baskets and 20th Century Boys. Those are three names that I think are pretty uh, notable. I know you like Cromartie High School. I think that one in 2002. Uh, yeah, I've only watched the anime um, and read like mm-hmm. a few chapters of the manga, but it is hysterical in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. but after that, I mean, you get a lot of stuff that uh, just kind of isn't didn't didn't survive the test of time, or never got an anime, or never got more popular. Um, you do have stuff like uh, like Mushishi won in 2006 for general, right? That's something that went on to be to be a bit more popular. Um, uh, 2011 is probably the last time you get kind of like, oh yeah, they picked the three biggest things that year. Uh, Attack on Titan, Chihayafuru, and then March comes in like a lion, and Space Brothers. Um, those all won 
in 2011. And those are pretty, those are all still kind of in the conversation of very good quality shows. But 2013, like You Were Lie in April, uh, My Love Story wins for Shonen there. Uh, 2018, B Stars wins for Shonen. That's that's a pretty popular mainstream one. Um, 2019, Quintessential Quintuplets wins for Shonen. Uh, cool. But again, and then the I don't recognize What Did You Eat Yesterday? That one, The General. I've, I don't know if I've ever heard of that. Um, Tokyo Revengers in 2020. Uh, Blue Period wins The General. Blue Lock won last or two years ago for Shonen. Um, and then last year, that time I got reincarnated as a slime one for Shonen. So, uh, okay. yeah, so this is, it's a funny sick guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, they've, again, like I said, these words I think are kind of hit or miss with if they're actually picking the, uh, the best thing. Um, strangely enough, this is, so this is the Kodansha manga words. Kodansha is a manga publisher. Um, mm-hmm. but some of these are, so, for instance, Akane Banashi is nominated here. That is a Shueisha jump property. Uh, but we'll go through the nom- the uh, yeah the nominees real quick for the shonen category. We'll just talk about that um, real quick before we do. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to say while you go through them, the first four in the shonen category are stuff we brought up within the past two months. Yes, on this pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've and uh, I I think five is not translated into English. Uh, I had to go look it up to see what it even was. So, yeah. So these are things yeah. that are. I think this year they're gonna pick they're gonna pick something that's that's pretty relevant or stays pretty relevant. So uh, the first one is Kaoruhana uh, wa Rintosaku, which I think you brought maybe as a bonus thing a couple weeks ago or maybe as discussion. Yeah, it's that romance one. It had like mm-hmm. a poetic name. It's like the Silent Flower Bloom something. Yeah, something, Hana's you know? Flower. So it is something Flower Rintosaku. I don't. Yeah, two names or something. But um, so we've talked about that one. Um, Gachiakuta, which it's been a couple months since I think I've brought it, but I'm, I read that. That's a pretty, um, that is a series that if you like um, Fire Force and Soul Leader by, uh, if you like those two things, Gachiakuta is in the same vein, although a slightly different premise. Um, Akane Banashi, we have, we talked that one to death, but it's good enough that I think it probably wins this category. Um, Shangri-La Frontier, I think you brought this a month ago or so. Yeah, it's for the, it's, uh, it's kind of like, one, right? it, it's not an isekai, but yeah, it's like they're playing in a video game and yeah. it's the birdhead guy. It is. like completely naked. Yeah, I don't. Bird head. Uh, Japan, it's fun. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, Japan might have another name for it. It's, it's become known in the West as RPG lit. RPG literature is essentially what it qualifies as, which is, some isekai is also RPG lit, right? When, like, uh, Shield Hero, right? Like, oh, Shield Hero, he gets powers and he levels up and his powers level up with him. That's RPG lit and isekai. Um, Shangri-La Frontier, not technically an isekai, but it is RPG lit, so. I, I, I really don't like that. I, I feel like, like literature, literature is such a strong word, right? Like, because... Which is I, why... I feel like it's like, it's like calling shit excrement. Excrement. Uh, like, it's like, that's a fancy word for shit. Well, and I, I feel like RPG. Li- there's no literature here. It's just a, it's just a well, final comic read. Right? I think that's why no one actually calls it RPG literature. They call it RPG lit, right? Because uh, oh, you're yeah, abbreviating okay. literature. It doesn't have the full weight of being literature. It's RPG lit, right? Um, or RPG fiction, RPG fic, or something. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's called RPG lit. But uh, the last one in that shonen category is uh, called Megumi no Daigo. 
Kyokoku no Orange, which is a, I think it's called like, it's like hero, hero firefighter, firefighters in orange or something like that. Um, firefighter manga I've never heard of. Um, I fully expect either, I fully expect Akane Banashi to win this. I, I can't, nothing else in here is nearly as good as that. Uh, yeah, wh- what do you think? Um, I, I can't speak to Gachiakata or the one I haven't read, but I think uh, the romance one that I'm not going to try to say mm-hmm. uh, is pretty good. It is not as good as Akane. You're right. Nothing is as good as it, but it is uh, stronger than Shangri-La Frontier. For sure. By a large amount. So, yeah. I mean, I, I like Gachiakata. I think it's really visually interesting. Its storytelling is a little all over the place. Not the best. Um, it would be cool for it to win to get a little bit more notoriety. So, I mean, I think Shang- Shangri-La Frontier and Rintosaku, they would all uh, do good with the bump. Um, I could not really... I didn't know how they actually choose... Yeah, it doesn't actually say in the wiki how they actually choose the the winner. So I think this is probably the publishers or readers voting. Uh, not sure exactly. So who knows? Um, but yeah, that's the shonen category. Uh, let's skip down to the shoujo category. Uh, the nominees here are Yubisaki to Renren, which I have heard of. Um, in the Clear Moonlit Dusk, which is called Uruashi no Yoi no Tsuki. Uh, My Girlfriend's Child, Ano, ano Ko no Kodomo. Um, and then Tamankun Imadochi, uh, Tamankun's B-side. I don't know why when I copy-pasted these, some of the English is first and some of the Japanese is first. Who knows? Um, I, I, I just have to look some of these up because I, I don't recognize any of them. I recognize Yubisaki to Renren. I think I've seen that maybe on Twitter a couple times. The others, I do not, uh, I don't really recognize. Hmm. But, yes, that's the... Yeah. I mean, again, we don't we don't read a whole lot of uh, shoujo. The most of the romance and stuff that we do read is is shonen romance, technically. So, uh, or kind of an un, uncategorized. Uh, no idea who's going to win this one. Curious to see. I, I think I feel like I say this every week or every other week, but I really do need to try to read more shoujo. Um, but yeah, maybe one of these will uh, will win and catch my eye. Uh, in the general category, we won't spend too much time on shoujo. Um, in the general category, we have some other pretty big names that a couple of these we have talked about in the past. Um, we have Skip to Loafer, Skip and Loafer. Uh, the anime for that just premiered this week. That is one that I see a lot of talk on Twitter about. I've read three or four chapters of this. It's pretty good. I swapped to Insomniacs, which we're going to talk about later. Um, we also have Medalist, which is something I see a lot, a lot of people talking about how good it is. That, I believe, is about... Um, figure skating um we have manchu ahen squad which i have not heard of um ono no sono no hoshi that is the um i believe that is the one that is the uh it's the school teacher um what's it called it's like in the garden of girls i think is is its translated title um oh, I that. I Hoshi think. of the Girls Garden. Yeah, the Star of the Girls Garden. Yeah. Um I read all the chapters that are translated for that. It's good. Uh there's only a few chapters, like maybe six or seven. Um we have Dar- the Darwin Incident, which I think the f- I think our first unpublished episode we ever did, we talked about Darwin Incident, or maybe the first published one we did. Um I think we also brought it up a, a separate time and talked just about the vegan terrorists. Yeah, um, yeah. So that is a monkey and human hybrid 
vegan terrorist story and you think we're making that up we're not uh it's really good i haven't seen any newer chapters for it maybe they just don't show up on reddit but uh might have to go back and check and see if that's still being translated it might have been picked up and we're waiting on an official translation but uh and, um, and the plot twist to your sentence there is that it's really good because it is, it is. Really good. <laughs> by all means if you hear that synopsis i don't blame you for thinking that sounds like absolute dog shit but it is it is solid uh like yeah, I, I, mean, I, yeah, I kind of want more of it, but all the chapters it, I've read good... have been exceptionally good. Um, and the last in the general category is a series called Liaison Kodomo no Kokoro Shinryosho, which is child psychiatrist medical manga. Is just the note that I have there. Um, I haven't heard of this. Uh, general category feels a little bit more open for me. Uh, I think Skipped Loafer, Medalist, and Darwin Incident are all ones that I have heard about. Um, I know Ono no Sono no Hoshi, that in the Garden of Girls, uh, I have, that one won some awards, I want to say last year or two years ago. So that one's kind of already, already lauded and it's a very good series. Um, but really I think could be any, any of these, I would say the front runner here is probably Medalist. Uh, I think Medalist is having a bit of a surge just from, this is just me paying attention to my own curated Twitter feed. Um, see a lot more medalist in the last couple of weeks and months uh over a lot of these other things um skip and loaf for getting an anime definitely could could be if it's a general voting type thing maybe that wins but uh i'm not sure do you have a do you have a pick here gadam uh i i i can't say i've read enough uh of these to to have a pick the uh the, of the ones i have read i like the darwin incident the mm-hmm. best i thought skip and loafer i read like two or three chapters and i thought it was pretty good it was okay i thought it was good it didn't yeah it didn't grab me quite as much i kind of like read two or three chapters of skip and loafer and then two or three chapters of insomniacs after school which we'll talk about later um and insomniacs grabbed me way harder than um skip and loafer did but i definitely think uh it's quality i mean everything i've seen from people talking about it seems like it's a very a very good series and i'll probably go back to it at some point so i i think it had a lot that worked but it had like so much that did not i i felt skipping over character development is insane for a character focused story and it did that a few times yeah i'll have to go back and and see i do remember it kind of moving moving pretty quickly uh well the, there was one kind of sin here where it was uh like the main main guy and main girl uh didn't like each other initially and uh they got to know each other over like a one page I do remember that yes I do I do I think remember and they're that. best friends and it was bizarre that you skipped that because yeah that's, that's kind the of the point part. it's kind of the point of yeah. doing a serialized week by week thing yeah yeah that's so anyways strange. that's the uh, that'll be the 47th Kodansha Manga Awards uh, we'll get those results in a couple of weeks here and probably update once we have the winners um, my guess is here if I were to predict I think Akane Banashi wins the Shonen category I have no idea who wins Shoujo because I am not familiar and I've not actually heard of any of these. Um, and then general, I think Medalist or I think Medalist probably wins that one. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think Skip and Loafer wins general, not because I like it, but I think it has like a lot of, I just hear a lot about it. Like uh, pe- uh, yeah, it feels like same. it's a manga artist's favorite manga or something. Like people keep talking about it. I definitely think it has, uh, it has a lot of interesting things that you don't see in, in every manga. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're listening, go and check some of those out. I know you can go and read Skip and Loafer, uh, 
Kaurahana Warin Tosaku, you can read Gachiakuta Kanebana. She is on Viz and Manga Plus. Shangri-La Frontier, I think, is on the same. Um, Darwin Incident is fan translated. Metal of Skip and Loaf are all fan translated. So yeah, you can go read a bunch of those. So read those. And uh, hey, if you're watching this video, leave us a comment. Yeah, With- let us know how it is. Yeah, two other little news things here. Um, Ichigoki Under Control, as we predicted three weeks ago, mm. is the next to die. That is ending this Sunday. Um, only 19 chapters. I feel like that is one of the shortest series I've ever seen in Jump. 19 chapters. I think it started out so absolutely shit. I think we talked about chapter one. I believe helped. that is... I we did, yeah. That is on the page if you want to go back and listen to it, and we were not high on Ichigoki Under Control, and it is not surprising that it got canceled here. It, it Not at all, right? Like Because I think a lot of the other things that got canned, some of them had uh, medium medium quality chap, uh, first chapters, but others had the solid ones. I thought mm-hmm. Ginka and Luna was a really solid one, and it got uh, canned as well. So I think if you start out, if you start out like absolutely bad, it sets a, a weird precedent for the audience and I guess the publisher, right? I actually, I actually think the, the worst thing you can do is have a bad first chapter. I don't, I do not think there's any coming back from a bad first chapter. Even so, even something like, uh, like Cypher Academy where we didn't necessarily love the first chapter. It was, it was good enough that we kept reading and it was interesting. Um, and we stuck with that for, you know, five, six, seven, eight chapters until we were like, I, I don't think this is working anymore. Now it kind of looks to me like that's not going to get canned. So I think that, uh, not necessarily that we were wrong, but I think that readers in Japan like it much more than we do, which makes sense. Mm. Um, but yeah, Ichigoki Under Control was garbage from the start. Not surprised. It's one of the shortest things I've ever seen as a run in Jump. Um, I Not much else to say about that. Goodbye. What's coming next? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Goodbye. Um, I'm, I'm. I, I saved my sadness for Ginka and Luna already, so I, I feel nothing. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll talk good. about that briefly uh, because its last chapter was published this last Sunday. So one last right. piece of news here: uh, Aka Akasaka, that is the author of Oshinoko and Kaguya-sama: Love Is War. Um, he is publishing a Oshinoko novel about I. It's time in Bikomachi. If you read the series, you know what that means. I is sort of the, um, not really the main character. One of the main characters for the first part of the story and very kind of crucial to all of the story is what I'll say without uh, any spoilers there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see if that gets translated for uh, us here in the West because Akka is a great author, so. Yeah, uh, a character that kind of just sets the plot in motion. That makes uh, yeah. That's I, that's I get what you're saying here. Yeah, yeah, wink, wink. If you've read it, you know what we're talking about. So, um, I, I think even if they haven't, they do, right? Yeah, um, maybe you could probably pick up on what's going down here, but it isn't. Um, uh, real quick, the first episode came out today, so uh, it did. Yes, I believe that is on High Dive if you want to go watch it. But and that is like a ninety-minute special, so I actually might sit down and watch that because that would be. Uh, I'm interested. Oshinoko is definitely one of the best things being published right now. Espe- mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, especially from a writing perspective, but I mean, I think the art by Mengo Yokoyari is also great. So, Yeah, it's just a phenomenal series. It's just a great series. It's just, it's so consistently good. I feel like we never bring it up because you read it and you're like, yeah, hell yeah, it's still good. It's still, maybe talked about it once on the podcast, but still good. Uh, 
And and you know, since we have like a little bit of time here, I feel like that series has gotten way darker. Yeah, people are definitely talking now about the there's a lot of death flags being thrown up. I don't I don't know if those are legitimate or people are I don't know if the series is going to go that melodramatic. I think it probably will, but we'll see. I I personally don't, but I I think the the reason I feel that way is well, the themes are darker already, mm-hmm. but um I feel like Ruby being uh being edgy Ruby or dark Ruby or whatever she is right now uh is already already makes the series feel way darker than aqua mm-hmm. being that way you know yeah. uh i and i can't parse exactly why that is but uh yeah it, it's uh I, it's just interesting anyway yeah i'm not uh, sure i i mean it's still a great series i i think i am generally i just generally think that aka doesn't ever really do the typical thing and it feels like the death flags we're getting is the most typical, even stereotypical, like predictable thing to do. So if it does happen, I'll be curious to see what kind of little twist is put on it. I mean, not to say that the typical thing happening or the thing you can guess is always bad. I think that often just means that there's good foreshadowing, which this very well Mm -hmm. could be. Um, But yeah, I'm curious. I think uh, we're kind of in a lull. I think we're kind of in an uphill, uh, uphill story arc position right now where things are... Uh, building to something big happening, uh, but we aren't there yet. So, yeah, it's a great series. Go read it. Oshino Agreed. Cool. Um, that's it for the news then. Uh, let's move on to some manga discussion. I'll go first this week. Um, this week was the return after a, a month, maybe, maybe like six weeks even, a hiatus for... Uh, Sui Ishida, the author of Chojin X. Uh, Chojin X came back. This is chapter 36, although technically it's chapter like 45 or something because for some reason Chojin X is published occasionally like chapter 25 part 2, chapter 25 part 3, chapter 26, which is actually now chapter 28. But So this is chapter, um, what did I say, 36, but it's actually, there's actually been like 50. I think it's been published for a year or more now. Um, I brought this, I think, to extra discussion when I caught up to it maybe two months ago. This is a cool series, and this chapter specifically was really good. I think this, this goes to show that authors taking a break is often, often brings them higher quality when they come back. Uh, I wonder if he was taking meetings about anime. That would actually kind of be my guess here. Uh, the X anime is going to be announced before the end of the year and we'll get it at the end of next year, maybe. But yeah, I mean, you can already see this is the this is the very first page of the chapter. This is a, a very cool kind of panel, visual storytelling type thing. Um, little plot synopsis. There's like a, what is it? An insect kind of mantis Chojin. This is a cool chapter because it... Um, comes off the back of a time skip at the end of the last chapter and it mirrors the very first chapter of the series. The very first chapter of the series, the first thing that happens is um, one of the main character girls is on a plane, the plane gets hijacked by a Chojin, blah, 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 things happen there. Uh, the mirroring here is that girl is now a part of the like Chojin police force, essentially. They're not called the Chojin police, they're like whatever they're called. Um, but her and one of the other main guys are on the plane. It tries to get hijacked. They fight back. Um, 
yeah, this other main guy right here. Uh, and again, uh, I have complained in the past about Ishida's um, action paneling. It isn't always the cleanest, isn't always the best, but in this chapter, it's fucking great. And it's really cool. These two pages right here, I just love. Um, uh, I can't see anything, Bruce. Uh, oh, are you? Am I not sharing? Ba -ba -ba. But I was. No worries. It's camera. Share your screen. OBS. Go live. Okay, there we go. You see it now, hopefully. Yeah, man, I love his character designs. Yeah, he's so good. And like, this is... When this gets an anime, this is going to blow up. Because I think this is... I mean, I only could read a little bit of Tokyo Ghoul without it just... It just wasn't great to me. And I think its its art was even messier and its ideas were more derivative, right? I talked about that in the past, that it's like dude in in tokyo hunting ghouls demons whatever has been done to death um this is trojan and x is different enough and new enough and it's not tokyo it's like kind of an alt it's like an alt history 1999 thing so it's very cool settings very cool powers very cool um yeah this this guy does some cool shit here uh here's the like bug trojan doing this i had to include this page because this shows that so Silly looking. Yeah, so, so minor spoilers for you who hasn't read this, but everybody else, hopefully you're you're caught up. Although it isn't really like a secret, I guess. Uh the main girl the main girl, this this black haired girl here, um it in chapter one, the guy who hijacks the plane is like a smoke chojin. Um she touches him at some point and then she she has smoke powers for the rest of the time, and you think, Oh yeah. It everyone just kind of figures she has smoke powers and she practices and trains. Um is kind of like a silent twist kind of here. It's revealed that she's essentially, her her Trojan power is actually stealing other Trojan's powers. It's not the smoke power that she had been training for the whole first 40 chapters or whatever. Um, so she does this cool thing where she steals the bugs. Exoskel equip, which is a great made-up word there. <laughs> yeah, um, that's great. But yeah, just just a cool reveal there. Great spreads from, from Ishida. I just love... And I love that. people have yeah, seen awesome. people seen a lot of the Tokyo Ghoul spreads are great, but yeah, I mean the art is just awesome in this chapter. Um, yeah, and then at the end of the chapter, you get the reveal of the main character coming back, who's this fucking dweeb right here, who I love. Um, it's I thought the MC was a little kid. Is this like a time skip? It is a time skip, but it's from like it's like a year or maybe like nine months total or something. I mean, he was like fourteen, I think fourteen or fifteen. Oh god, I think he was. I don't remember if he was like freshman high school, which would put him at like 15 or if he was a senior middle school, third year middle school, whatever they call him in Japan. Um, he was one or the other. Actually, I think he was, no, he would have started high school. So I think he was 15. So maybe he's like 16 now. Um, but yeah, he's, it, a, I'm really interested to see something that coming back after a time skip and not dropping your main character until a little bit into the story is exciting because it's like, oh, okay, we've seen how the other two MCs have grown, you know, kind of fighting off the plane hijacking and using their powers with, under more control. They've been doing more training. Um, but this guy, the main character who's the vulture, Chojin, um, he like went off on his own to train. He has not been with the others who have been training. Uh, and he, I mean, he showed in the previous one, you can see he like is using his feathers for attacks and that's stuff that he didn't do before. So yeah, I mean, it's just one of those like, it's like a hype moment that ah, the next chapter is going to be cool. Anyways, uh, yeah, I this chapter I think sold me on Chojin X more than maybe all of the other chapters combined. Um, I, I don't remember if you remember me talking about it 
a month or two ago. Yeah, but we thought it had potential, but it was just yeah, okay. it was like just okay. But something about this time skip is is selling me more on the tightness of the writing of realizing when you should just skip ahead. Uh, is I think a, and and when you do it well, I think that's super smart writing. Um, and I do think that Ishida is a is a really smart writer. I think generally the things I had complaints about in the first half were more more like world building power building and then some of the action stuff just got out of hand uh all his art week to week or every two weeks is not always the best uh, which is not his fault because manga is fucking hard to draw but yeah i mean this chapter i just i loved it was awesome um super into it i i think it simplifies when you kind of do a time skip and kind of stop you kind of cut short all those plot threads and then say, okay, we're going to skip ahead and the ones that are important will survive this time skip and we'll kind of pare them down like that. I just say it's smart writing. I think he should as a good writer. So I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah, I, I it, it is on my list. I have read Tokyo Ghoul, so I, I'm already a fan. So I would like to read Chojin X and I, w- I want to see some cool powers. There are some wild and cool powers. For instance, some people, birds or insects, some people, power of gravity, right? Who's more powerful? You, the gravity what? person by a mile. But wait, birds are insects. Birds or in like for instance, like in this chapter, there's like okay, one the on the plane, right? The girl, the bad girl's power is she's an insect chojin, so she can turn to an insect. This girl's power is she can ch- steal any other chojin's power, and then the That's guy's insane, power yeah. is like he can he can like turn the metal on his, he can like form the metal on his body into anything he wants. I don't remember what exactly his type of Chojin is. I don't even know if it's been named. Um, he seems to be thought of to be very strong. Um, but yeah, I, the powers are one of the weirdest things. Cause it's like, my power is bugs. And it's like, and then one guy's like, my power is complete mind control and mind projection to drive you insane by projecting images into your mind. And it's like, are those, are those balanced Ishida? Not really. Yeah. Those are equal. Yeah. But yeah, I'm super excited about Chojin X. Uh, like I said, I think this chapter is one of the best. And I, again, I just think a good writer making a smart choice in taking a break, kind of stopping all the plot threads when they get a little bit too complex and then picking back up the ones that need to be picked up whenever they need to be picked up um, is good. Essentially, this chapter only really followed up on where two of our three to five main characters were. Um and they only kind of tangentially connect back to any of the plot that was happening before, which is why I think I liked it so much. It was more about where are these characters now? How have they grown? Um, and it was less about kind of the plot shenanigans, which is which was one of my biggest issues with the first uh, the first section of, of Trojan X was the plot gets a little weird and wild. Uh, but again, it's, like I said, it's smart to just stop that and kind of start over with the time skip. So, Yeah, no, that makes sense. Cool. It, it feels like a kind of a reset in some ways. I, I get it. It does. And I think, yeah, I think making the choice to know when your plot is gone a little off and you need to just reset and start over and go back to simple uh, character storytelling is, is smart. So I, I respect, I respect Ishida for doing that. Um, you have brought this week, this series. Uh, yeah. So um, real quick, uh, the series is called Destroy all humankind, they can't be regenerated. Yes. Uh, what do you think this is about? I would assume... I'm going to assume this is probably one of those alien comes to Earth, has to hide amongst humans, 
and either like learns to love them or falls in love. It kind of feels like a love story thing. It, I, I think it's a slice of life or something, right? So that would be my guess. Uh, it's it's actually none of those. Um, it's I, I don't think it can be guessed with a title like this because it it's a misleading title in a lot of ways. Uh, it is about uh. It is like a romance with uh, two rivals in Magic the Gathering in the set in the eighties. Oh, and Raven. the title is uh, oh, can't be regenerated because that's a that's a magic like keyword. Oh, is that is that a thing? There's a yeah. So there's um, like destroy is a keyword in Magic, which is like send to the graveyard. Um, regenerate is a keyword, and then there is. So it used to be called Can't Be Regenerated. I think now they just use Exile, although those might be two different things. Um, Exiled from play is like not in your graveyard. It's like out of play, out of the game, can't be brought back with anything that goes into the graveyard or goes into your deck or whatever. Uh, But it used to be the keyword was destroyed, can't be regenerated. That that, that meant that it's destroyed and it can't be brought back from the graveyard. So that makes sense now that it's Ah, magic to go. Got it. So. And yeah, it's set in the '80s, so if uh, it, maybe it's uh, the the terminology was still around back then, it definitely would or, have been, yeah, because yeah. Magic started in the '80s. So those early cards can't can't be regenerated. Would have been, I would have thought maybe more early '90s, but yeah, '80s, '90s. So, uh, yeah, this is the cute. Uh, hold on, spoilers, spoilers okay. for this whole series. Um, this is like the confession chapter. Uh, well, no, not not the confession chapter. It's it's just. Uh, them having a good conversation. Not the confession chapter. The next panel is, uh, I love you. But. Uh, I, uh, the main character only plays black decks uh, against everyone. Okay. Black deck, I uh, think, is he, is the regeneration type. Whenever it oh, is. Oh, is it? Yeah, well, this is like, I don't, I'm not that versed, well versed in magic, but when regenerate existed, it was usually like a get, get a card out of your graveyard, which black still has the archetype of like, Mm. A card goes to your graveyard, you can get it back out or pay X to get it out or whatever. So, yeah, that makes sense. And his, his, his like, tag at the beginning of the series was, like, XX, Sephiroth, XX. He's, like, a, he's a huge fucking nerd. Um, excellent character. Both of them are excellent characters. And I think uh, their relationship progress and just general chemistry, uh, which is something we'll be saying about the next series, too, but um, it, it's just very good. So if you want something that's comfy well written and a throwback uh this is a solid one a few other uh incredibly popular manga that this artist and author made actually i don't know if it's the artist and the author i don't know if it's two people or not i know the artist it's did. two people because um, this this artist is the same artist from uh the the dumb prefect dumb prefect and the short skirt girl yeah because i recognize this art immediately i was like this is looks exactly like that artist and i i looked it up and it yeah it is um that uh that artist is named where did it go i like literally saved uh, it and i forgot it now they also made um two excellent fucking excellent other manga uh that you might not have heard of or you might have. I'm not sure, Bruce. Um, one is called uh, Molester Man. Okay, I've not heard of that. One, the other one is called Masturbation Master Kurosawa. I have heard of that one. Um, l- let me let me redact when I called Molester Man amazing. In my brain, I still remember it as amazing, but it's been a while, so I'm not 100 percent sure it still holds up. 
but it was very good. I think uh I think the reason I think Masturbation Master Kurosawa is even better. It's just a full on fucking character study. I, I feel like Kurosawa goes through this insanely good and complex character arc. Yeah, uh, and that's the same uh, so this author artist I guess have worked together on a couple things. They don't they are not both uh on Okay, yeah. So the the story between a dumb prefect and a high school girl with an inappropriate skirt length is just done by the artist who does those other two. Uh his name is Takuma Yokota. Um, he does the art on Destroy All Humans, They Can't Be Regenerated, and uh, I'll use the Japanese title, Onani Master Kurosawa. Um, but yeah, they seem like they've worked together a lot, because they did they did uh, Kurosawa, and they do Destroy All Humans together. Um, and then what was the other one you said? Molester Man. <laughs> Molester Man. It, it, it really that. is hard to like talk about either Molester Man or uh, Masturbation Master Kurosawa, because mm-hmm. the, those, the titles are uh are fucking they gatekeep the manga for four people you know um yeah the synopsis is not doing this much justice either molester man is a perverted uh, socially up to taku who spends most of the time on the text board 2chan uh it's not as weird as it's not he 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 literally is just walking behind a girl Uh, he's mistaken for a stalker yeah. yeah okay um uh Masturbation Master Kurosawa is very much about that. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is it's full on sexual harassment. He <laughs> he just hates people and, uh, in his school, and he's just he masturbates in their stuff, and they don't know where the jizz is coming from. I've read a couple chapters. And, of I think you told me to read this years ago, and I've read a couple chapters. That, that sounds familiar it, now. It's kind of insane how shithead and garbage this this sounds, but how good of a character arc that dude has. Uh, throughout the series. I mean, when you're down in the depths masturbating into your classmates' stuff, surely if you improve as a person, that is a fantastic character arc. Yeah, I, I mean, like, but it feels earned. Like, you, you like yeah. Kurosawa by the end, even though it, that is absolute scumbag shit behavior. Uh, I don't know. It's it's good. I, I guess it's just yeah. good writing. Yeah. Well, talk to me about uh, Destroy All Humankind. They can't be regenerated. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is mostly, I, I just wanted to, I didn't want to cover this chapter in particular, even though it's a really good one. Um, because it's a, I, cause I, it's I, the confession. It, chapter, it's, a, we can see. it's a confession chapter and I didn't tell you guys about really anything else. I, I think just read it, just read it. Uh, I have nothing really more to say. Hey, if you like MTG, you'll love it. I was going to say, like I didn't just a sweet romance. You'll, you'll like it. Yeah. I didn't you know? know this was, this had like magic, the gathering as the setting. I'm like interested more now because it, the more I think about it now, it's like, oh yeah. So destroy is a keyword in magic, right? Destroy all humankind, human. I don't think they're called, they're not called humankind anymore, but they probably were in the eighties. That's like a, that's like a creature type, right? Like goblins is a creature type. So there are cards that would be like destroy all goblins. So they're like the, the text on a card is probably destroy all humankind. They can't be regenerated. That sounds like a black card, right? So there is a particular, I, I, I don't remember which one, because I remember in the discussion threads, like people explain the title. There's like a, there's a particular card that uh, this is a reference to, but I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. Um, either way, uh, it, they're, they're both absolute nerds who love magic, the gathering. Um, and uh, yeah, it just works. I, I also like the main characters, uh, the main 
dude's design because it is so innately nerdy, you know? Yeah. Uh, he, ha- he has a gigantic spectacles, uh, like that cover 50% of his face, 70% of his face, you know? Um, but I like him. It's, I think it's charming. I think it's, a, I think it's just a cute one altogether. So uh, give it a read. I think m- most anyone with a beating heart would enjoy it, you know? Sounds good, yeah. I'm actually really curious about this now. I thought I found the card, but it was in Japanese, and I was trying to see. Uh, you would like it, Bruce. It's, uh, would, it's, yeah. it's, just a, it's just an enjoyable read. Is this, is this, this, I think this is the card. Actually, although, I don't know, for two mana? That might be too strong. Who knows? But anyways. That's, freak, that's a freaky-looking guy. Yeah, anyways, cool. Uh, there were a couple of other things you want to talk about, because we're a little short, a little short on news, so we'll go a little heavier on manga discussion this week uh some of the other things uh, that happened uh why don't you keep going with the one within the villainess i've not heard of this yeah so um i i, I actually I, I don't think this is uh this is kind of a, a not a trope what is it i'm forgetting the word uh it's not a genre you read the Gen- villainess genre no i've not um, consumed any villainess i've maybe like a little bit of one but not much it, it is uh incredibly popular and the general premise behind every single one of these is that uh, somebody goes into the body of a villainess, either that or the villainess gets another chance, and um, they decide not to be a horrible person and uh, befriend and kind of do everything right, you know? Uh, and it, it's just girl bossing the manga genre. And uh, I love it personally. It's, a, it, it's like... A, a guilty pleasure of mine. I, I I really like most of these, but I think this one stands above so many of them because it is uh, incredibly unique uh, in the way that the villainess gets taken over by like a human from Earth, right? After after they die, they get respawned in the villainess, and the human from Earth, like the the person who takes her over, is incredibly empathetic and kind, just like everyone. Uh, in these kinds of stories and does a lot of things right, treats people very nicely and like cares a lot about the villainess and the villainess like she's in this uh kind of um you don't get out when he falls into the like the void and he's like watching what's happening through like a oh TV he like pulls back into his mind or whatever yeah 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 uh, those are what the panels look like uh but she comes to like the the girl who is uh in her body quite quite a bit and, oh i see what you're um, saying yeah yeah not like romantic like but just like just uh she's the only person who actually cares about me kind of uh i, I want to see her succeed even if she has my body kind of a, yeah a gotcha. i yeah i didn't that's a an interesting twist to say that like yes she was well, reborn in the world into a girl's body but the other girl is still there so yeah so it it, it goes a little further with the twist it there is a moment where she's still made out to be the villainous regardless of like all the good things she's done and everything she's changed. And, um, the girl goes into such a depression that she like, just like she isn't in control of the body anymore. And the villainous comes back. Um, oh, interesting. and the, basically the onus of the manga is that the villainous is still an evil person, but loves her pal that's in slumber so much that she wants to make it make the world an ideal place for her. Mm. So she manipulates schemes and connives to do everything good. But unlike the how the protagonist was doing it, you know, initially, the first right, girl. Right. Who who was just doing it in a straightforward way. Uh, 
she's pulling every single string and manipulating every single person in order to make a a good, happy, peaceful world for her bud when she comes back and takes over her body. Uh, hoping she does, you know, at that point. In, in short, the light novel is over. The manga is 11 chapters in and likely probably only has like five or six left. Okay, cool. Uh, it is very good. If you like this genre, uh, you would be missing out by not reading this. I mean, if it's that short, that's like a night of reading for me, so I can probably get through it if it's if it's good enough. So, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, it's easy peasy, and it is a good read. Cool. Uh, this is one that I almost brought to my one more thing. I almost picked it as main discussion, but I really wanted to highlight Chojin X there. Um, this is Insomniacs After School. This also has an anime airing this season. I think episode one is out now. Um, this is like a super wonderful comfy little slice of life romance that's like one of the best two-person romance developments i've seen in in manga it's very very good uh, the innate amount of chemistry like on the page is yes. fucking great like that's i, I yeah, think very uh, good call out mm-hmm. the main is, leads just just click perfectly i think yeah this is not one of those things where it's like oh yeah they're meant to be together because that's who the the story is about it's very much like it the writing makes it obvious and develops the characters in a way that it's like yeah those two should be dating and all their friends are like there's a, a minor spoiler here but in the classic rewa era they start dating i don't know about halfway through the currently published chapters um and they like go and tell all their friends and their friends are like yeah duh were you not already dating like we we knew like it was obvious which i think is a very again very refreshing thing uh Feels very Rewa, like I said, very Rewa era because it's not the confession and the dating is not the end of it. Um, the insomnia problems are real, shared by some people on this podcast we were talking about earlier. Uh, God I both have issues getting to sleep at night often, but uh, these two have maybe actual medical uh, issues, but it gives like nice, interesting, cool reasons for why they neither of them don't want to sleep. They're both kind of afraid of sleeping or tomorrow in some way um i yeah i can't recommend this enough this is very good uh if if you're not into manga you're more of an anime person watch the anime because i doesn't necessarily need to be animated great to tell a great story uh and i love these characters uh they're both very good i think um it there are i think the best romance manga uh makes the male character interesting as well and i think uh that's missed a lot of the time where it's usually only the female character that's Or it's just one and not the other, right? It's just right. it's either just the male is very interesting and the girl's a self-insert or something, or it's the other way around. So uh, and that's absolutely not the case here. They're both great. Um yeah. and uh Bruce, I uh what I liked about the male lead here is I, I think the girl uh is innately likable. Um but the male lead he's a grouch he's a curmudgeon yeah he's not like you you don't regard him as handsome like from a manga point of view you know because he's he's written he he looks like more of a real human right like a just a dorky normal guy yeah um so with and all the kind of like that's an interesting start for an introduction to the male lead because those are all kind of just negative or middling traits yeah i i think his curmudgeonly attitude works so well i don't know like it's good it's definitely so i mean first of all it's just well written but something else because 
there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of series start with the male MC being sort of like shunned or excluded or having no friends. That's pretty normal. His situation is much more realistic, I would say. He doesn't have no friends. He has one friend that he's had since childhood. He isn't, the class doesn't hate him. They just think he's kind of mean and so they don't want to interact with him, right? I mean, like the very first chapter, I think he's like sleeping under cardboard boxes and they like wake him up and are like, hey, go get more boxes. Like, we don't like you, so go do our chores. Like, it isn't like a... We like they ignore me and nobody pays attention to me. It's just like, oh yeah, we, we don't really like you because you're quiet. And if you ask you to do things, you're mean because he doesn't sleep, right? He has insomnia, and right. so he's always uh, he has his reasons. Exactly, but it, there's a reason also, for it. But I think you made a really good point in that, like, the class isn't wrong either. He's just he's not yeah. contributing what he should because he's so sleep deprived and he's coming off as super rude. So they have no reason to be like super nice kitty gloves with him either. And I like how all of that develops, you know, that yes, there's there's so much more to that. We're just talking about like the first few chapters here. Yeah, I mean, even in the first few chapters, it's like he I think he meets the the main girl's friends and they're all kind of like, ah, we don't like that guy. He's mean. And then after they meet him like a couple times, like even after the first time they meet him, though, they aren't like, oh, my gosh, he's so wonderful. He's so great now. They're still kind of like standoffish. Like, I don't know, whatever. We're still friends with you, Miss MC, but I don't know about him. Um, but they all kind of slowly come around. Uh, and that's just like, yeah, in general, very good character writing. I will say something else I also like about the female MC is that she is she is described as being the like small girl of the group. And she is like a little bit smaller, but she's not like cartoonishly small. She's just kind of like a little bit shorter, like a little bit less grown. True to life, ain't it? It's just much, it- yeah, it's very true to life. as a series just as far as the character writing and everything goes and then i like i've said in the past i'm very much into the character side of writing generally plotting is not i mean the plot here is two people have insomnia they start a uh stargazing club and they fall in love like that's kind of it (laughs) i mean like some stuff happens but it's it's a slice of life anyway but i mean the character writing here is exceptionally good um you need to pick it back up because i don't think you've gotten to like the best there's like a part where they kind of like kind of run away together and she kind of like ignores her parents and her parents are like, we're coming to get you. And she's like, I'm hiding. Um, and they oh, get like, I read that. I read you that. Did read that they, part? They go oh, to yeah, this, yeah. Like, this like Kyoto cabin type place, right? Yeah. It's her grandma's place or whatever. I don't think it's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kyoto. I don't remember where it is. I thought it was on. The I, I, I don't yeah. know. But anyways, like a... that feels very true to life of like, Oh, they're, you know, a 15, 16 year old girl. Parents are worried about like off with a boy, you know, could be doing God knows what we're coming to get you. She runs away. You know, they take her away. They, she like ground, they like ground her. She like loses her phone for summer break. They can, they have to find some other way to talk. You know, they find, oh, if we, you know, do our little radio call, they don't know that I've sent you a message, blah, blah, blah. So it's, I don't know. It feels very high school to me, which is very like you messed up. You stayed out too late with a girl or a boy. You're grounded taking your phone i'll find some other way to contact you etc etc again just very very true to life so this is a wonderful series it's called insomniacs after school uh the japanese name is did i put it in here i didn't um i'll google it clickety clack while you're doing that i i also have like one comparison with this to make um yeah go for it and not to shit on skip and loafer i think it's perfectly good um that scene that annoyed me with Skip and Lover, where the two main characters montage their hatred to friendship in one page, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like the characters in this series, her innate empathy 
for him due to having the same condition without it having to be stated yeah. why she feels that why she feels that empathy or a certain level of kindness towards him that other people don't feel yeah i i already feel like that's good writing because it, it on an outward level you could maybe make an argument that it feels like oh she just likes him for no reason but i i think it's like told within the story pretty well you know shown that yeah uh, and for it's like she, she, she yeah, she's nice to him because she gets it, you know? She understands it. I mean, there's also a level of, like, in the first or second chapter, they're, like, both trying to nap in the observatory where they've kind of found their little, like, oh, we can sleep up here as insomniacs during the day or whatever. And they end up, like, cuddling up next to each other and getting the best sleep of their lives when they, like, slept together. And it's like, okay, well, that is, like, a... It's a Friends that. episode that happened. I mean, where... kind of, I mean, Friends episode is not the exact angle I was going for, but like having a positive physical reinforcement like that when you're with someone is incredible, is like incredibly strong, right? For Mm -hmm. love and character development and all those things. And so sort of having that early and then establishing kind of like, Oh, and I'm kind of wondering all through the first half of the story. I'm like, why do these two not just literally like sleep together? Not, not sleep together, sleep together, but like literally sleep next to each other because they slept really well the like two times in the first 10 chapters they did it. And they aren't like, why they aren't like clamoring for the other person to be like, I can literally only sleep if you are cuddled up next to me. Please sleep, sleep with me more. Like it's, it's makes very sense that they're both kind of desperate. Kids, right? <laughs> right, right. But I mean, I, I, and neither of them are the popular kid, right? They're both just, well, right. she's more popular don't get me wrong but neither of them are the quote-unquote popular kids yeah she has she has many more friends like there's like three a group of three or four girls that she hangs out with that are all kind of doing stuff and then he's kind of got like his one friend and there's like another guy who comes in but all the side characters are pretty great even though they i don't know any of their names there's like a uh a past observatory club member who helps him out who like runs an arcade she's pretty fun and funny um their teacher is really funny even though she's the typical like I'm just going to, I drink a lot. I'm a, I'm a, you know, 28 year old woman and I drink when I'm a school teacher. It's been done to death, but I still <laughs> like her. She's funny. So I, I don't even mind that, that trope too much, depending on yeah. how it's done. Uh, it is a trope of course, but uh, it, it's not, it's not one of the worst ones. Um, I, I also, okay. I guess I like it in manga. I, I think manga, like romance manga, especially win some points with me. When the characters aren't like conventionally anime attractive, you yes. know, these are the art here is pretty simple but also a little unique. Um, I like it a lot. I generally also the I don't know if you've noticed this when you're reading, it feels like the author is just drawing this manga because it just wants to draw this cute girl in interesting locations. Because, like, eventually the story turns into a lot of like on-location photo shooting stuff, like photography is a big kind of key to it. Um, And the characters just like look straight at the, like the reader, the camera, whatever you want to call it. And there's just, there's like every couple of chapters, it's just like cute girl looking right at you in an exotic place. That's kind of like, that's the spread, right? And then you go a couple more chapters and it happens again. Um, It feels very sort of key to the series that there's this like, oh, cute girl in a funny, you know, in a cute position, you know, under the stars or in a lake or whatever, you know, barefoot, whatever you want to say. So. And and yeah, it works. It works from like, I don't know, an angling level. Uh, It appeals to the audience, but it also like represents the guy look 
looking back, you know? Yeah, it's uh, like real the pictures the guy so. is taking is what you're seeing. So, I mean, yeah, it's just another, another way to sort of like bring you into the story. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you read it. Uh, I, you are caught up, right? I read, yeah. Cause the, I think a four or five days ago, they released the latest volume. So it was like nine or 10 chapters at once. So yeah, I'm caught up I, with that. Got it. Yeah. I, uh, I caught up, I think last year sometime and I ran out of chapters. So I have to catch up again. Yeah. I think this gets translated, not weekly, but by volumes, which means that you get new chapters mm. once every three months or something. So yeah, a little, a little tough. I think it was like January and then yeah, three months later. So first week, uh, first or second week of April here. So cool. Anything else about, uh, insomniacs? Uh, no, uh, but I think like you said, it's a great read and the anime's out. Uh, I haven't seen the episode. Uh, I don't know if you have, Bruce. I have not. I've heard the animation's a little, a little, you know, not the not the highlight of it. But I don't think a series like this needs great animation. It's a slice of life. It's slow. It's you're there for I the guess characters. It depends on how janky it is, you know. Like, I, mean, I uh, don't think it's janky. I think it's just sort of not. You know, it isn't oh, okay. uh, Kyo beautiful sweeping camera shots type stuff. It's probably all very simple. But I mean, the manga's kind of much the same way. You don't really get much. You don't get much beautiful paneling until pretty far into the story once they start taking pictures of the stars and stuff. So, yeah, that's true. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the new big thing. Uh, or no, let's not do that. Let's talk about the last chapter of Ginkgo and Luna because it's over now. Um, real quickly, I found this last chapter was kind of lame. Uh, I thought the last two or three chapters were really good, and then this one. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense, right? Your series is axed. Um, you know, you just have to get it, you have to get out of there in four or five chapters. Um, I thought the lead up to all this was great. And then this chapter was kind of like, okay, uh, nothing really resolved. We'll do our best. Magic didn't work. Cool. It's over. Right. I, you know, you, you do the best with what you got. Yeah. And if, if, if the boss says, Hey, I need you out in one week's time, you can only get so much work done. I yep. get it. Yep, but I'll, uh, again, we'll always. I'm definitely keeping an eye out for uh, this author's new work. I believe Shenpei Watanabe is the author's name. Um, but yeah, Ginkgo and Luna, not perfect. Pretty good at the end. Pretty good at the start. That's it. It's uh, over. Goodbye. Yeah, agreed. Goodbye. I'll miss you. Uh, okay. Uh, Till next time. Uh, now, author. now let's talk about Tenmaku Cinema. So Tenmaku Cinema is. The first of four new Weekly Shonen Jump series that we are going to be getting. Um, story by Yuto, Yuto Tsukuda uh, and art by Shun Saeki. These are the same two story and art combo who did Shokugeki to Soma, Food Wars, um, which was a phenomenon, I don't know, eight years ago? It was. Yeah. Whenever it came out. Um, it definitely dove off a cliff and jumped a lot of sharks uh, in the story mostly so they lost um minor shokugeki no soma tangent here uh they lost their food consultant that's the word i was looking for they lost their food consultant at some point and that's kind of when the story went off the rails because they weren't things weren't really based in real food their the kind of location and food-based cooking stuff wasn't as good um but yeah i still think shokugeki no soma is pretty widely regarded and i love the idea of a sort of traditional battle shonen, but the battles are not magic fights or the the power levels are not magic stuff. It's cooking skills. Um, this looks a little bit different. Um, so the premise here essentially is uh, 
main character is super into movies. Uh, he's this kind of a generic design we were talking about, but I think that he's kind of goofy and wild and specific enough that I, I definitely really like the main, the main character here. Um, Likewise, yeah. Yeah, I think it was his name Tenmaku. His name is something Tenmaku, right? Or is the his name is Cinema? Is that right? I'm, I'm joking. No. It's not. I was like, I was like, <laughs> that would be insane. Like, that that be could insane technically be a Japanese name, Cinema. But, anyways, yeah, uh, he really likes movies. He gets possessed and haunted by this ghost, who is a screenwriter, who was writing for uh, this director called Ryu Shirakawa, who I. People kind of speculate. Kurosawa. Yeah, people kind of speculate yeah. is based on Akira Kurosawa, the sort of um, Japanese movie auteur from the '60s and '70s. Um, but that, but he's dead. That director uh, and this ghost thinks that he's still around, and you know, I need you to deliver my uh, and thing. But here, you know, here the ghost is kind of dealing with uh, thirty years have passed. The ghost I thought was great. Maybe the best part of the whole chapter. Uh, super interesting. But the the whole plot ends up with you're going to ghostwrite uh, my you're going to ghostwrite my movie. Uh, we're going to get this beautiful girl at your school who's an, a famous actress because of course she is to act in it. Um, and then by the end of the uh, again, Shun Saiki, the artist here, just gorgeous. What a like, phenomenal, such a good artist. Here. I mean, yeah, just great. It, I was just stare at this page. If if, both, if you're both, listening both, to us, both fucking characters look so good. Yeah, so good, yeah. super unique. The paneling is great. Yeah, Shun Saiki's really good when he does it. Um, also, just I thought it was really funny. Like not like really funny, but like oh, funny enough to where I liked the humor in it, which I think is similar, um, similar similar to Shokugeki no Soma, where it's like yeah, Shokugeki no Soma was pretty funny. Like for for a weekly Shonen Jump Shonen. Like, most of them are not that funny, right? Like, One Piece is kind of funny. Like, My Hero is not funny. funny. Like, nothing else is really that, like, unless it's a comedy-focused thing. Like, Witch Watch, I think, is funny now. Um, This one seems like it's going to have a good sense of humor, which I think is uh, evident from the past work in Food Wars, so. I I just want to give a shout-out to the goat that was running at that time for comedy, uh, Gintama. It it won't get better than that, fellas, so. Um, Just live the... Go read Gintama shit. Uh, but yeah, either, either way, uh, did you find this to be way less horny than you I, thought? I was going to bring that up. So thank you for, for transitioning. Yeah. Yes. I, I think we talked about it two weeks ago or maybe last week when we discussed, um, our kind of guesses and thoughts on these upcoming series. I was fully expecting this to have an etchy tag. I actually don't, chapter one didn't really have one. Um, yeah. my guess is, uh, this artist is not going to be able to stay away from it forever. Uh, I would guess maybe some point in the first volume we might get a little bit of etchy stuff, but maybe not. I mean, maybe that was just kind of the angle they chose with Shokugeki and it's not what they're going to do here because yeah, this was, I mean, it wasn't even like it was less horny. It was like it was not horny, right? This is not an etchy series at all from what I saw in chapter one. Uh, I think it will be because of how much her boobs are highlighted in I mean, she is drawn as a as a pretty girl. I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, there is like a the panel in the middle here is like that's her boobs and her lips and her eyes. Uh, maybe. I, I no, I but I get like the intent, right? It's to show her as a school Madonna. Yeah, um, she's but, she's beautiful. She's a movie star at sixteen, seventeen, whatever it is. So yeah. But I also think it'll be etchy for those reasons. Yeah, I, uh, again, that's kind of it's definitely interesting. Um, Definitely interesting to see because, like, I mean, 
that seemed kind of like the bread and butter of Shokigeki no Soma was like, I mean, like all of the side girls were like, pick a pick a fetish of a type of girl, and they were one of them, right? There was like the dark skin, huge boob, meat girl, the you know princess, whatever. I don't know. I mean, Shokugeki was like that was like an etchy first series for sure. So, oh yeah, I mean, like people had food gasms every every episode, and their right? clothes exploded off. That was like, yeah, that was very key to it. Um, I'll be curious. I do think we'll have to see what the script that this guy wrote was. Maybe the script is like, I don't know. The script could be very etchy, and that's that. Could, there could be tension here because the uh, the MC is. Um, the girl comes to the end and is like, yes, I, I will be in your movie and calls him like Mr. Director. And so clearly the, um, the, what am I thinking? Like plot, stress, uh, dynamic. I can't think of the word. Uh, the interesting thing here is that the guy is not a director. He just loves movies. So him learning how to be a director is going to be the kind of, uh, the kind of, the onus of it like the the yeah the onus, I can't think. i'm just like losing this word and it's gonna bother me i don't know yeah driving force uh, driving force uh, I, yes. I, know, I know what you that mean that is yeah that is the right word but that's not the word there's a single word i was thinking of but anyways yeah that's sort of going to be the the key to all of this is that he doesn't know how to be a director but she has kind of hired him he wrote the, he wrote the screenplay as far as she knows so yeah it's a little bit uh, of a uh Oh boy! I have I have a prediction to make mm-hmm. on this, and I want to see if you agree. Uh, I think this girl is going like, you, you know, the main character is like kind of weird and that and charming and fun because he's he's weird, mm-hmm. and then the ghost is also funny and weird. I think this girl is the most nuts of all of them. Um, I, think good, I think it's a good guess. I think she will also be yeah. weird because usually he, he, he seized yeah. out in front of her and handed her like a, a script with his eyes rolled backwards, and she's like. I mean, right. Well, and, and I think the other thing is we don't know what's in this screenplay that he wrote. So her saying I would be delighted to play this lead role if it's something wild and crazy could play into that. I also, it's a lot more fun when she's not the straight man, when the main character kind of gets to be out wilded and be the straight man. I, th- I That seems more fun to me. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, I also like the archetype of where the character acts or seems serious initially and then just says kind of erratic buck wild shit like right 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 uh more recently you know robin in one piece is usually the straight man mature character and and she's like i bet a bunch of babies died in here and everyone's like what the fuck and then they they just move past it and it's just like hilarious because it's why would you say that uh uh, and real quick real quick going back to the 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 picture of Kurosawa. Uh, that it is one to one Akira Kurosawa. Um, uh, oh, is that really just like a picture of Akira Kurosawa? Uh, not really, but it's so it's so fucking close. It's uh, here. Let me let me just link you. Uh, yeah, find find me the like. I wouldn't doubt it. I haven't. I mean, I've probably seen a picture of Akira Kurosawa, but I couldn't I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. But I I I just had I had to Google uh just now just to because I was curious if if it was that close, but, uh, it is. Yeah. It's one to one. Yeah. Let me see. Oh yeah, for sure. So there it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, very much. He's got the glasses, the same, that's the exact same hat. So yeah, it's good. That's a good call on that. That is definitely, uh, that's definitely a Kira Kurosawa or a play on it at least. So 
he 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 looked good. Good style, man. Yeah, I, like I the mean, the man changed literally changed cinema forever. Inspired Star Wars. Uh, inspired lots of cool modern modern takes on cinema. So, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I. I like this. I'm definitely going to keep reading this. I think, I mean, Me too. just judging on how consistently good Shokugeki no Soma was, not through the whole run, but through the first, I mean, 150 chapters maybe, 180 before it kind of started taking a dip. Like, I Shokugeki no Soma was really consistently good, so my guess is this is going to be pretty good at the start also. Um, I hope it doesn't drop off like Shokugeki no Soma does. Um, I wonder, I'm going to go take a look at the title page real quick. Um... Yeah, so there's no uh, no consultant attached to this, which means that there's no one between the duo, the, the artist and author, that could leave and leave them high and dry without ideas. So hopefully, hopefully that means it stays consistent. So yeah, I I would bet that the storyboarder or the the story writer is probably just a, a huge cinema buff. You yeah. Know? Also, you can kind of be like. You can, everyone is a little into movies, right? Like, I, I feel like there's hardly anyone you meet anymore that's like, oh, I've never, I don't watch movies, I don't like movies. Everyone, like, kind of likes some movies, has seen some movies. Um, it's a it's a language we can all speak in at least a little bit, so it uh, feels pretty broad, uh, pretty broadly ap- applicable to that everyone knows a little bit about movies, and if you know a little bit more, pretty easy to write into a story. So I'm excited for this one. Uh, me too. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was yep. uh, pretty solid. I ex- I think from the synopsis, it didn't sound appealing at all. And um, I came out surprised. So looking forward to number two. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll get chapter two this week and we'll touch on it again just to make sure it keeps up and we'll see if it yeah. goes at you or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> which, yeah, which I think. Uh, let's see. That, I mean, as far as manga goes, that's about it. We are getting... We are getting a new premiere, I think, this Sunday, or is it? Yes, I think we should be getting another new series this Sunday. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that next week. Um, I don't remember which series it is. It's either Dry Try or it's which or the boxing one or oh, it's another one. I don't. Uh, I, it is the boxing one. If the picture you showed me last time is an order of release. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Um, yeah, because. I don't know. It didn't show up on my news. There wasn't any new news about it, but we'll probably get more. Um, let's see. It's Thursday. So weekly Shonen Jump comes out in like 16 hours or something. So we'll probably start getting some news about it tomorrow. Um, any kind of pre-release stuff or whatever. So. Oh, wait, it's Wednesday, right? Oh, it's Wednesday. Okay. It is Wednesday, I, which means I, that I it is well, it's Thursday. It it's Thursday morning. It's Thursday morning in Japan. It's like noon, I think, Thursday oh, yeah. in Japan. So uh, Friday is when Weekly Shonen Jump drops. So in Japan, we get it Sunday. So cool. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, we'll discuss next time. Cool. Uh, let's do so one more ha- thing. You're gonna go first. I'm just gonna put the picture up, and you're gonna talk. So what do you what do you what do you think of this guy here, Bruce? I know I know we set the plane in motion just a second ago, but what yeah. what do you think of this dude? I mean I, I I've looked at your notes, so I, I mean this is a very I, I don't intense, have any notes. This is a very intense looking gorilla on screen. You're looking at sort of a uh I mean I would call him a a gorilla posing like a dreamboat who is looks a little dreamy himself, I would say. 
you were you were the problem. You and <laughs> the rest of these these people in the Reddit thread and whoever made this article about the gorilla, you should see the captions of the actual article. They're like talking about how fuckable he is. And then everyone <laughs> in, in the in the Reddit thread is like and, and like the article's like saying they're not just it's not just crass, like fuckable. It's like who wouldn't want to get on a ride with this dream? Like, everybody like, wants to fuck a gorilla, right? I, I guess. I guess that's what I learned. I uh, Then I looked at the Reddit thread. I'm like, wow, people have to be talking about how insane that article was to read. And there are like thousands and thousands of people be like, damn, that gorilla's hot. And I'm like, how, dude? It looks like a monkey. I mean, this is this is the power of... Just posture? This is the power of of breaching the uncanny valley, right? Because this... This monkey is not human, but something about its facial structure, to me and I think to all these other people, it looks more human than other monkeys, which means that it kind of passes into this area where you're like, oh, it's not a monkey. It's just a, you know, it's just a very furry man. And I, which furry was the wrong word to use there, or maybe the most right word, but... I I think it it's both. You're right. Yes. Um, both right and, and I, I I I get why. After reading this thread, I I I understand why some people go down the insult or pipeline because they're like this gorilla is is uh is so successful with all the boys and girls, and I can't do anything. <laughs> why do people find this gorilla hot? I don't know. Uh, I don't mean, down, I mean, no. I don't go. Don't don't go down the incel pipeline. I'm not empathizing with them, but I'm saying people should not find this gorilla hot. And if they're pissed about that, well, I, they're pissed about everything. I don't care. Again, I think it has to do. I mean, if you're looking at this picture, right? It's like that's a supermodel pose. Like that's a pose you would see in GQ, like a guy with his shirt off or like a really wispy shirt, advertising for fashion or cologne. Like that's what that pose is, right? He's looking. As, Past the camera, his arms up. He's posing like a supermodel. And I mean, like... He is. He's also posing like a supermodel here. And he has... I don't know. I think because they're in Japan, they're obviously very well cared for. Um, It's a very well-coiffed gorilla, I guess. Can I say that? I I can say It's a very well-coiffed gorilla. Um, Why is that picture showing his asshole? It's so strange. I mean, it's... Again, it's it's that supermodel look. I mean, I... I am not attracted to the gorilla. I do understand what the article is saying. This is this gorilla is is on a higher level than other gorillas as far as its similarity to human. It looks more like a human and it also kind of they've clearly taken pictures that make it seem more human, right? Like anytime it's posed like a human, those are the pictures they included. Um I'm sure if you saw it just, you know, on all fours, you know, knuckle drag literally like knuckle dragging because it's a gorilla around maybe it's not as attractive i don't i don't know what to say no no i'm not attracted to the gorilla other people are that's what the article was about i can't believe you brought this as your one more thing but here we are the thing is people go to that zoo just to just to like gawk at the gorilla and be like damn what i wouldn't do to you you know it's like you you people, you guys need to... <laughs> I mean, I think... This is a monkey. I think what this really means is this is actually just the smartest marketing campaign to drive people into this zoo ever. They looked and they go, hey, this, like, our gorilla looks a little more humanoid. Like, 
what if we just pretended like everybody wants to fuck him and made that a funny thing and then people would come and see is the gorilla is the gorilla really fuckable um i think i feel like i'm smoking crazy pills here because like now we're using steve jobs as an okay, example this, of a sex icon I, I, this is the funniest one to me because like okay He's in the same position kind of as George Clooney, like may this is like maybe not really whatever. He doesn't look like George Clooney. It's just kind of the same position. And then it's like, oh, he's got his hand on his chin like Steve Jobs does in this picture. How it's like But it's like he doesn't look like Steve Jobs. It looks like a gorilla. <laughs> so I don't know. He's probably pulling a mite out of his hair to eat, you know? He's a gorilla man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Anyway, uh, this was this was just me putting um, everyone who finds this gorilla on blast, including yeah. you, Bruce. I, um, I I understand because the human, the gorilla. See, I'm calling him a human. The gorilla looks more humanoid, humanid, uh, that it is more humanized. And when you humanize something like that, I think people are a little bit more okay crossing into the lines of gorilla fuckery. <laughs> I'm I'm learning things about humanity at, at at this ripe old age. Dang. Yeah, I mean, this uh, is. I think this is an advertisement campaign that went real well for them because the fact that <laughs> the fact that we're talking about this. I mean, it's like I I know what zoo this is now. It's mentioned repeatedly in Japan. People are now. I mean, I are. Is your curiosity? You think, to, tell me this. Tell me this. You're you visit Japan. You're, you're in right. Japan. You find out. Oh. I'm in the same town, city, place where the George Clooney fuckable gorilla is, and you've got a free day. Do you do you say I'm curious? I want to go. Is the gorilla really fuckable? Do I go? Do I go check it out or not? Like, I, I'm curious enough now. I would go and check it so, out. So the problem is, I think I think you're right, but it's like I would go there for the story of like, hey, I saw the gorilla that everyone wants to fuck. Yeah, but I won't go there because I want to. I'm I I find the gorilla hot and fuckable. Right, right, right. Yeah. But but then again, I haven't seen the gorilla in person. True. Maybe maybe it does like a a cool bicep curl in front of me, and I'm like, damn. Yeah, I mean, pictures. Some people look great in pictures, and some people look way better in person. So the gorilla could be both. Could look very. That's the, could look that's, good that's, in pictures and look way better in person. So damn damn yeah actually uh yeah the the one on the right. On, in both pictures is the in-person pic. Damn. Uh, also, Steve Jobs would be rolling in his grave if he, if he saw this fucking picture. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't. Can we stop talking about this? Speaking of gorillas, Donkey Kong is in the Mario movie, which you and I went to go see. Um, I'll bring it today. It was fine. It was fun. It, not a very good movie. It kind of One at its Kong. core. But yeah, I mean, I will say this. Um, Kids are going to love it. It is exciting and fun. It is a great advertisement for Super Mario Kart 8. Um, I guess Mario Kart 8 is what it's called. Uh, I thought the kind of bare bones of storytelling character stuff in this was pretty garbage. Um, But I still smiled a bunch. It was still fun, right? So how would you feel about Super Mario Bros. movie? Uh, I didn't think it was that good. Um, I I was never bored, but they had... I, I. found like a lot of the characters interesting and there was zero character moments in that movie at all yes. like there so was like, nothing they forgot they like they had this weird thing i've been thinking about it where like at the start of the movie mario like they have dinner with their dad and their dad's like disappointed oh mario you were such a fuck up or whatever and 
they sort of like introduce like, oh, okay, this is his character like moment of where his character is now. And then at the very end, you get his dad coming up and being like, I'm so proud of you. You say Brooklyn. And there's like nothing in the middle. Like there, there's no character development. There's literally just a character start point and end point, And that's it. And that's it. No, no other characters have even remotely close to that. Only Mario has it. And it's, there's no development, right? Like that's literally yeah. when we talk about character development, we're talking about all those middle points of like the growth of a character when instead it's just like Mario at the start, kind of the same guy the whole way through Mario at the end is now a whole new man. His dad loves him cause he's not a fuck up or whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's like I said, it's, it's a fun movie. Kids are going to love it. Tries to, it tries to set it, set this shit up, right? Like it's like, Mario and Princess Peach is like, oh, here's a romance that's uh, blossoming between them. Yeah. Let's never talk about this again. Or this like weird um, history of like, oh, Princess Peach is like, I don't remember where I came from. But then it like shows her coming through the same pipe from New York City. And she's clearly the only human in the this magical world. didn't need that. Just don't explain it, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. But, but again, it was one of those like, oh, okay, are we going to get like one or two more moments of like, where are you really from? Or Bowser stole me from the human world or, Oh, you're from the human world. When she's back in Brooklyn, does someone recognize her? Like none of like none of that. There's no deeper level to this story. There's nothing there. Like I said, sort of at a very base level of storytelling and character, it's just bad. Like it's just so simple and it doesn't even really like do anything. It is just kind of another MacGuffin chase. Like a lot of modern uh, blockbuster movies are. I still smiled. I mean, I'm a long time. Bowser is funny. Bowser, okay, Jack Black as Bowser was great, um, and I actually really liked, um, what's his name, is DK. Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah Seth Rogen is DK. Like, they make him do his laugh twice, and the, all the adults love that. that. I good. thought that was whatever, but, like, honestly, he was legitimately like, be- more of a better character. I, I like that, too. Um, I, I thought Charlie Day's Luigi was great. He wasn't in the movie a lot. Yeah, um, not barely he- at all. <laughs> Even Michael Key as Toad was, he's a good voice actor. He sounded good, but what a useless character to need to be there. Just yeah. put Luigi there instead. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, that, what a waste of like, Key and Michael Key, Key and Peele are like it. two of the funniest guys of the last 20 years easily. And Toad didn't, Toad was like a nothing burger in this, like a, a nothing shroom in this movie. Like didn't like ask to tag along. Doesn't, doesn't, do anything? do anything like i think maybe does he save mario once on the mario kart rainbow road section no, that's, something that's like that Donkey Kong. yeah i it just like does nothing it, makes it, no jokes he's not funny toad just uh falls like someone shoots the bridge in front of him and toad's about to die and peach saves him and that's yeah and then he doesn't do anything there either yes yeah, so, yeah, yeah and then weird. at the very end uh who's the the magic hoopa guy like tortures toad not tortures toad but like shocks him and peach is like stop i'll marry you bowser stop, don't shock my toads that's it that's all like a very nothing character i thought peach um i like what's the name of the actress who is peaches anya taylor joy yes she's a great actress um she good. this she was good but the person playing peach could have been anyone like she was she brought nothing special or unique to the part Kind of just sounded like a normal white girl, like nothing really special there. Now that that partially could have just been because the script did not give her much to do, uh, but yeah, not not a whole lot positive there. Really, just kind of neutral on a lot of this. Uh, I thought Chris Pratt was pretty good. The fact was that I, the fact that I did yeah. not notice continually that this is Chris Pratt doing this voice, I think, is testament to how pretty good he is. So yeah, like I mean, I think I think it's exactly like you're right. It's uh. 
I, I wasn't pulled out of the movie because of his voice like I expected it to be, you know? I, and I think, Not even at one point, really, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Chris Pratt actually has more... I mean, he was the lead in the Lego movie, um, which is a oh, great, yeah. like a super great movie. Um, that was an awesome movie, yeah. Yeah. And Charlie, Charlie Davis in that one, too. He's the uh, rocket ship guy. Oh, he, yeah, he the, the crazy the rocket ship dude, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, um, yeah. I think he's actually got more... He's also, like, a comedy guy, mainly. So, yeah, I... It's not necessarily like I'm praising like one of the best voice voice acting performances of all time, but like he's. I think the fact that I, I think that everyone, me especially, went in expecting to like be noticing Chris Pratt behind Mario every time. I didn't, and I think that's a testament to how good it is. So, um, I I will say the best voice actor. Of of course, I like Charlie Day so much, but he just does Charlie Day, which is perfectly fine. It worked for Luigi. I I liked it a lot. I wish there was more of him, but um. Bowser, uh, Jack Black blew everyone out of the water. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like literally whenever this comes on streaming or something, there's going to be high quality Bowser gifs and clips. And if you just watch the Bowser moments, I think you could laugh and have fun with this movie. Like that's it, that's how good his, his voice, moments are. Yeah, yeah. Him playing the piano and singing was so funny. For um, sure. I mean, yeah, Jack Black singing is always fun. So uh, I, I also think he was the best voice actor because it didn't sound like him. Uh, until he was singing, you know, right. like, uh, he does the Jack Black singing voice, yeah. but he was, I mean, again, um, Jack Black is not, has a lot of voice acting experience. He's, he's Poe from the Kung Fu Panda movies, which have been going on for oh, years. True. Um, he's got, again, like he has more voice acting experience than you might, uh, think or remember. And I think he's, he's done a lot more stuff other than oh, just Poe. Uh, yeah. And just listen to Tenacious D. He has a range of for sure, yeah. like his, his voice and the goofiness, goofy voices he does. Uh, yeah, either way, uh, what, what would you rate it? Uh, give me a rating out of 10. Uh, I mean, I don't like number ratings, so I'll give you out of A, B, C, D, F. Uh, this is like a C- minus for me. Like, a D is like a bad movie. This is like, but it was enjoyable because it was fun. It's also not good. Yeah, it, it, the thing is, I, I didn't even like, it, it was fun, but it was so incomprehensibly non-stop also the pacing was just like insane. a blur yeah you went to the bathroom for like five minutes and legitimately missed, missed like the entire turn of the story from like the characters at their lowest to the climax of the movie like five minutes and it was there i i was like what the what the fuck happened i missed half the movie and i was gone for five minutes it's not yeah. it's not even an exaggeration i missed so much yeah i mean um, legitimately the movie's like a tight 88 or 90 minutes i think and it's yeah you don't it just goes very quickly so Except for the uh, Mario Kart yeah. part, which is like a nine-minute action scene on Rainbow Road to advertise Mario Kart, which I, which I think we were talking about this earlier, but uh, I mean, Mario Kart 8 has probably outsold the last three or four Mario games combined, so it is arguably a bigger serious? franchise than Mario himself. Mario Kart 8 has sold an insane Damn. amount of copies. I own a copy. Do you own a copy? I own, I've uh, owned two no. copies, technically. I bought it on Wii U, and I bought it on Switch. I guess it makes sense. It's like something you can do for ev- with everyone, right? Yeah, like if it's you like an all ages or family thing. Want, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna worry about googling it, but yeah, Mario Kart's a huge phenomenon, and it's been going on at this point now for like six or seven years. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what, what would you give it? A, B, C, D, F, or out of ten, whatever you want to do. Uh, it's boring answer. I'd give it the exact same as you because it like it wouldn't be a D. Uh, because it's not a D because a D is never, for like a bad movie. Yeah, I was yeah I was never bored the entire time. I I was uh, engaged, but I think 
like structurally nothing about it works pacing wise nothing about it works but it was fun yeah. i guess it's not it's not irredeemably bad it's just structurally bad it has it has some good moments it has bowser it has dk um it has fun references i'm sure people will start releasing here's all the references in super mario i'd does. like to see that actually yeah yeah oh one uh, last thing I, did, I didn't expect sonic to be better than this actually um i kind of I, I thought the, the first sonic movie was like a pretty legitimately good movie so uh, yeah, it was fine. It just, uh, I guess Jim Carrey just carries yeah. a lot, you know? Well, and I mean, for for me specifically, I'm, what did I call it? Like a structural, I'm like a structural fundamentalist of storytelling where I am very much looking for the sort of like, your character's introduced, they go on a journey or have character development, they end in a different place than they start. The plot, the climax of the plot lines up with the climax of the character arc, right? These are like structural things that I am not necessarily non-negotiable on, but like having those things in your story matters more to me. Like if you don't have them at all, like Mario doesn't, or if you try and fail at them, that matters a lot to me. And the fact that Sonic, especially the first one, like has all that going for it. It has character introduction. It has real character development. The plot climax lines up with the character climax of Sonic. Um, like all of the, the fact that all of that lines up means like, yeah, I, Sonic is a legitimately pretty good movie. Um, it's much less. What was that? The writers were also funnier in Sonic. Like that's true. I mean, as, and as good as Jack Black is like Jim Carrey is hard to beat, man. <laughs> like Jack Black yeah. is a funny guy. Jim Carrey is an incredibly funny dude. And Jim Carrey has a bigger part in Sonic than Jack Black had in this movie. So he, yeah, he has a huge part in Sonic and, um, Jim Carrey's physical comedy is on another level than yeah. like most comedic actors. So I, it just added, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, Jack Black also is an incredible physical comedian, but when you're voice acting, you don't really get all of that. So man, he did do a good job regardless though. But yeah, either way, uh, I, I, I agree with your rating is a C minus. Yeah. Not, not the worst movie. A lot of fun. Kids are going to yeah. love him more. It's whatever. Uh, I mean, that's it for this week, I think, right? Anything, anything else you wanted to leave us with before we quit the show here? Not quit the show. End, end the episode. It's gone forever. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Cool. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being with us. Uh, thank you for listening or watching. Um, don't forget, if you are listening, you can watch us on the WGB Weekly Podcast channel. If you're watching us there, thank you. Don't be sure to like, subscribe. All that positive reinforcement is the best thing you can do for us right now. Um, if you want to listen to us, we're on the regular podcasting things. We're on Apple Music and Spotify. Um, RSS feed if you want to download it. Um, if you really want to help us out, head on over to Patreon at patreon.com slash WGBmanga. You can give us a dollar a month and we would really appreciate it. Uh, the best thing you can do right now is tell people about the podcast, listen to it all the way through, give it a like, thumbs up, follow the channels, uh, WGB Manga and White, Gray, Black. Those are the two channels. Um, we have bonus episodes up on the Patreon if you like hearing us talk. So those one or two up there. Uh, check me out on Twitter at WGB Manga. As always, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Longy Bowser. What? Isn't that what he says? When he, so Longy Bowser, when he, when he throws... Uh, I mean, he's... Around. Yes, you're trying can, to hear, can, you're trying to say I, that so long, gay Bowser, but you don't want to say it. So you got to commit. Is to that it. what it is? So long, gay Bowser. I mean, that's what people joke about it being. He oh, he's he's really just saying like so long, but long has an Italian long like a where you add an extra kind of 
vowel effect at the end. Charles Martinet. Yeah, but years later, the internet joke is that he's saying "so long, gay Bowser" because you get that that extra "so long, gay Bowser." So long, gay Bowser. Anyways, uh, don't forget to read more manga. Goodbye, everybody.